grace, mercy, and peace to you from our God, our Father, and from our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Happy Easter. Oh, that's kind of weak, all right. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Amen. I am pumped up to be with you here this morning. Do you know that this is the 135th year that St. John's has been celebrating Easter in the city of Orange? It's pretty cool, man. I've been thinking more and more about that from generation to generation. We have been proclaiming the message of Easter, the message of the risen Jesus to the city of Orange before the city of Orange even existed. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty powerful. And I'm, that's, we, can, we can praise God for that. My first Easter celebration was 43 years ago at St. John's, and I was just a little one inside my mama's tummy, and I remember it. It was awesome. It was such a great day. But let me tell you honestly, it is a privilege to be able to lead you in worship, to preach to, the, to you the message of the risen Lord and Savior Jesus this morning. I never had it on my radar when I was a younger kid that I would ever be a pastor, ever be standing up and preaching the word and the message of Jesus. But I'm so glad that God had it on his radar from generation to generation. He's been moving amongst our church in the city of Orange, and we're riding his wave of grace and mercy. Seven weeks after I was born, Pastor Geisler, uh, he baptized me over in the sanctuary. Anybody remember Pastor Geisler? Raise your hand if you remember Pastor Geisler. You know Pastor Geisler. Anybody else baptized by Pastor Geisler out there? All right, all right, all right. Pastor Trevor and I as well, we were baptized by him. We're like baptismal siblings. I love that. And the rest of you who were baptized, we're going to get a picture taken afterwards in front of the, the cross up here. It'll be fun, all right? <laughs> I love, the, I love the fact that the generation to generation uh, that we have this connection in God's grace working through St. John's. Anyway, Pastor John, he was a pastor here for like ever. And uh, his, uh, him and his dear wife, Betty, they are with Jesus in heaven, in paradise now. Pastor John uh, had two daughters. And just this past uh, Holy Thursday, I went to visit with them. Carol, one of his daughters, is in from out of town uh, because her sister Ruth was diagnosed with cancer in March. I went down to, to the home, and one of our members was there too, and, and we gathered around, and we talked, and we did a little reminiscing, and, and we prayed, and we sang together, and we read the scriptures together. We read the Easter story, the story that I read to you just a moment ago. We read those words together as a community of believers. And as I looked over at Carol and at Ruth, the, the daughters of the man who baptized me, I was just overwhelmed with a sense of God's purpose and the power of his resurrection and what he does in creating a new community. And I looked at these two women, these two faithful followers of Christ, these two women who love Jesus and who are loved by him, but they're confronted by an anxiety-creating, fear-inducing reality called cancer. Disease, illness, sickness. And I just couldn't, couldn't help but think how the text from Matthew written 2,000 years ago, how it applied so much to our time together there that Thursday as we gathered together around the word. And I kept thinking about two other faithful women that we read about in our text, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. They too, they were loved by Jesus and they loved him. They were faithful followers, but they too were confronted by an anxiety-creating, fear-inducing reality in their lives. They were afraid and they were anxious. First off, they were afraid and they were anxious because of the grief, the overwhelming of Good Friday. We call it good, but it wasn't good to them. Their leader, Jesus, 
the one who would make things right, the one who would get rid of Roman oppression, they thought, the one who would restore order to the Jewish people, the one, the Messiah, get rid of all that stuff. He was gone, tortured, killed, murdered, crucified. And in grief and in fear, they got up early that morning. They journeyed to the tomb. If the Jewish leaders did that to Jesus, what would they do to his followers? And then on top of that, they were going to prepare Jesus' body for burial. His tortured, crucified body. Filled with anxiety, with fear, on their way to the tomb. And then all of a sudden, to add it upon top of that, A violent earthquake shook the land. An angel came down from heaven, rolled the stone away. The soldiers fell in fear into a coma. They fell like dead men, it says. And then the angel speaks to them. Mary, Magdalene, and the other Mary, if anyone had the right to anxiety and fear in their life, it was those two women 2,000 years ago. Anxiety and fear. I heard a pastor say the other day that 2017 is the year of fear. And I think that we all know what he's talking about. I think that we would agree if we think about it. But doesn't it seem that sort of like our society and in our world, the anxiety level is just rising and rising and ratcheting up? From From the hostilities of the election to the political fighting, even to just this past week, Bombings in Syria, San Bernardino shootings, Egyptian church on Palm Sunday, Christians killed and bombed because of their faith. Just yesterday, a hundred Syrian evacuees murdered. Just yesterday. And we could go all morning long and bring down the list. Anxiety and fear is on the rise in our culture and our world is feeding on it and we can't stop watching it. And it's not just out there. It's not just in the news. It's also in here. It's in our lives. It's in this room this morning. Every one of us has some sort of fear or some sort of anxiety in our life. For some of you, maybe a marriage is dying or dead or a career is on the fritz or a dream has been thwarted or your health is deteriorating, a cancer is advancing, your finances are failing, a heart may be broken, a relationship could have been severed, someone has hurt you, a dream of education is gone, motivation dying, energy sapped, whatever it may be. Some of you in this room this morning, you are on the edge of giving up. Or you know somebody who is that anxiety and that fear that can be crippling, that can be suffocating, that can be stifling. You almost want to say, I give up. The disciples, they felt that way. They they were in hiding. Mary, Magdalene, and the other Mary, as they went to tomb, I'm sure they felt that way. And you see, when you look in the Word, when you look at the Bible, you see it's not uncommon for the people who follow God to feel that way. This guy named St. Paul, he's a pretty big guy. He wrote a lot of the New Testament. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, he says this. He says, we were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so much so that we despaired of life itself. My friends, if you're a human being, you have felt that way. You may feel that way this morning, or you will feel that way at some point in your life. It's the, it's the reality that we live in. And it's into that reality. It's into the midst of that reality of anxiety and of fear that a child was born. 
That child grew to be a man. That man died on the cross for you and me, and he rose victorious from the grave to bring us a message of joy in the midst of fear. The angel brought that message to Mary and Mary. Jesus brought that message to Mary and Mary 2,000 years ago. Matthew chapter 28. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen just as he said. Come and see. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he is risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. And so the women, they hurried away from the tomb. They were afraid. Listen to these words. They were afraid yet filled with joy. And they ran to tell his disciples. Those five words, my friends, they are powerful for us this morning. Afraid yet filled with joy. And in the Greek there it says great joy. It's like mega joy. Afraid yet filled with joy. I think we learn in those five words, perhaps we learn that fear and joy are not necessarily opposites we learn that fear and joy can be experienced at the same time. And maybe this side of heaven, fear and joy are inseparable. They were afraid yet filled with joy. They were afraid and filled with joy. Now, I don't know about you, but from my own experience, I can tell you that I have not been able to completely eradicate anxiety and fear from my life. Have, have any of you been able to do that? All right, if you raise your hand, we've got a program for you. It's Every Saturday night, okay, come on down. You got you to own up to some things, all right? I have never met anybody. I have not been able to master fear or anxiety, but I'm telling you this morning that the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ makes it possible, makes it possible to experience great joy in the midst of fear. The resurrection of Jesus does not in some simple surface level way end our problems here. It doesn't remove every hardship or every limitation or every challenge that we will experience here and now this, this side of heaven. But I'm going to tell you what the resurrection of Jesus Christ does. It creates new possibilities in our lives that we could never dream of without Jesus. St. Peter put it this way, 1 Peter chapter 1. He said, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. How do we get this living hope? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 4, and into an inheritance that can never perish, it can never spoil, it can never fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. You who through faith are shielded. This is awesome. You are shielded by God's power. God's power that created the cosmos. God's power that raised Jesus from the dead. That power is yours. You are shielded by that power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. St. Peter, what he's saying there is that you've got an inheritance coming. You've got a powerful inheritance coming. And when you have an inheritance coming, your life is different. In verse 6, he says this. He says, in all this, here's the fear and the joy thing again. He says, in all this, you greatly rejoice. Though now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief 
brokenness, fear, anxiety, and all kinds of trial. The women were afraid yet filled with joy. The resurrection of Jesus means that, yes, one day, one day we will experience an inheritance that will completely eradicate every anxiety-creating, fear-inducing reality in our lives. One day we will experience that. And when you know that, when you know that you have an inheritance, that affects how you live here and now, right? It happens in the worldly way too, right? I mean, if you know in a year from now you're going to inherit $100 million, right? I mean, who cares if you lose $10,000 on the street, right? You got a hundred million bucks coming. We have an inheritance that's far beyond that. We have an eternal inheritance, eternal life, free from fear because Jesus rose. We too will rise and we will live forever. And it gives us an eternal perspective. It allows us to live in a world of fear and anxiety and have great joy. But even more, it propels us and it empowers us it empowers us so that we've been saying it all morning, Christ is risen. Christ is risen is not just some restatement of some historical aberration that some guy happened to rise 2,000 years ago, even no one else did. Christ is risen is a present reality. Christ is risen. And my friends, in those three words, we have an invitation to live a life of great joy, real joy, in the midst of very real fears and anxieties in our lives, the women were afraid yet filled with joy. In Matthew chapter 28, suddenly Jesus met those women. He said greetings to them. They came to him. They, they clasped his feet. They, be, they bent down and they worshiped him. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go. And tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. You see, my friends, on the one hand, the resurrection of Jesus, it is a message of comfort. Jesus and the angels are definitely a non-anxious presence. He comforts us, and he says it to us this morning. He says, don't be afraid. But the resurrection of Jesus is far more than comfort. It is also a call. It's also an invitation not to some burden that has to be accomplished, but some gift that gets to be opened. The resurrection of Jesus creates the possibility to live not only a life with great joy, but a life of great courage. You see, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they were afraid yet filled with joy. They heard the word of comfort from the angel and from Jesus that said, don't be afraid. But they also heard the word from the angel and from Jesus that said, go and tell. And so with the resurrection power of God, the soldiers lay there on the ground in a coma induced by fear. Yet these women, by the grace of God and by the power of the resurrection, God raised them up out of their grief, out of their fear, out of their brokenness, out of their anxiety, beyond comfort, to courageously go and tell. And they hurriedly ran quickly to tell the disciples that Jesus had risen from the dead. And I don't know about you. I don't know what you're going through in your life or what you have gone through in the past or what is coming on the horizon but I do know this, the message of Jesus Christ, your risen Lord and Savior to you this morning, the message to you this morning is this, do not be afraid and do not give up. 
The same power that created the universe, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is the same power that is at work in your life and don't ever let the enemy tell you otherwise. The power of the resurrection is yours. And that power can save a dying marriage and can raise it to life. That power can save a failing career and bring rejuvenation. A thwarted dream can be renewed. Deteriorating health, you can actually bring health to you in ways that you never dreamed of. Failing finances can be fixed. A broken heart can be mended and be filled with great joy. A new joy-filled relationship can be replaced by a severed one. The power of the resurrection tells us that even an advancing cancer that leads to death can be destroyed. 1 Corinthians 15, 26, St. Paul says the last enemy, the last enemy to be destroyed is death itself. I shared those words with Pastor Geisler's daughter, Ruth, on Thursday, three days ago. Her father had put the sign of the cross upon me when I was baptized 42 years ago. He received the sign of the cross upon your forehead and upon your heart. I placed that same cross upon his daughter Ruth, upon the forehead, upon the heart. And the next day, our Lord called Ruth home. Good Friday. She died and she met her death. Afraid, yet filled with joy, with the hope of the resurrection. She faced it with a life of courage. And her Easter celebration today, I'm telling you, you thought the worship service is good here. Her Easter celebration is free. It's free from fear, free from anxiety, free to be with Jesus, with her father, with her mom, with Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, and all of the saints that we know who have, been, have died in the Lord. My friends, the hope and the power of the resurrection is this. Don't let the enemy take it from you. You can live a life of great joy even in the midst of fear. You can live a life of great courage. Purpose, meaning. The message of Easter is simple. It's JC, it's Jesus Christ, it's joy and courage. Let's shout it out together. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.